Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Dank and Ryan Huang. It's time to turn our attention to headlines coming out of the United States in our Washington report. We're looking at U.S. President Joe Biden urging his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin to not use tactical nuclear or chemical weapons in their war with Ukraine. Plus, U.S. Congress clearing the Taiwan Policy Act. What does this mean for the U.S.-China relationship moving forward? And U.S. latest inflation data, how will it impact the upcoming Fed meeting. On the line with us this morning is Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor at McLarty Associates. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Elliot. How are you? Very good, sir. Brand new week, more headlines to get through. <laughs> yes, I know. I suppose starting us off, Steve, there was a CBS News interview where U.S. President Joe Biden urged Russian President Vladimir Putin to not use tactical nuclear or chemical weapons in the wake of uh, setbacks in Ukraine. This is a touchy topic, although I do wonder, Steve, does this mean that they are worried or hints that the Russian army is making such plans? Well, well, we we already know that Russia is willing to and Mm. has committed war crimes. Um, where Russia has fled, uh, they've found torture chambers, um, there's mass graves. So it, it's not a big jump to go from, from those types of war crimes to using, you know, unconventional weapons. And, and so, the, you know, President Biden, this is the second time that he's issued this warning. He did it last March, um, and he did it now. He said we would respond um, if, if, Putin, if Putin were to use such weapons, and he said it, w- it would be consequential. When he says consequential, I mean, what does that entail exactly? Because I'm just thinking it's going to be a really tough choice should things, say, for example, go nuclear. Well, I think that it's, you, you have to bring into the equation China and India, right. um, who are you know, probably Russia's most consequential strategic partners. They've now both raised concerns about the war. Um, so I don't know if it's as much of uh, a fear of what the U.S. and its allies will do, but also what will what will China and India do if mm. if uh, because this action, if 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 Russia were to take such an action, would have implications for all the countries that that are in what what China considers to be you know in more of its sphere sphere of in, influence. Mm. So let's hope we never get there, and yeah. let's hope that that you know. India, China, and the U.S. would all come together on this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Steve, let's move on to talk about President Biden's top aides. Seems they've been quietly building a 2024 campaign effort. Lots of discussions about who might manage the operation, political themes, structure. They're, of course, waiting for President Biden's final decision on his political future. A possible second term. I mean, he is already one of the oldest presidents for the United States and oldest, uh, one of the oldest leaders in the world. The idea of doing another four years, Steve, what are your thoughts? Well, there, there was two things we, we need to know first. And one we'll know in about two months, a little bit less. And that's how are the Democrats mm. going to do in the midterms. Yeah. And historically, the, the party of the president almost always loses uh, the House or the Senate in the midterms. If, if the Democrats can hold just one, um, now the House is unlikely, but the Senate is better than 50-50. Biden becomes much stronger politically because he'll be the leader defying historical trends. And then the second thing is Trump. I mean, if Trump runs, Biden has proven he can beat him. Mm, Um, And so Biden will have a strong argument. He should be the nominee if the Democrats do well in the midterms and Trump were to run. 
And look, there's no clear challenger right now who could yeah. be Biden in the party for the nomination. So you have to presume he's going to run right now. Mm, your best choice right there. Talking about the midterm, Steve. So Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina has introduced a legislation that would institute a federal ban on abortions after 15 weeks of presidency. What does this do? Does it complicate the Republicans' midterm messaging even further? Well, from a, a political strategist perspective, this is this was baffling at best as to why Lindsey Graham would do this. Look, when the Supreme Court took away a woman's constitutional right to abortion, it then left it for each state to decide the issue itself. Yes. So right now during these midterms, right, if you're asking a, a, a senator or a, a, somebody running for federal office for the House, um, what is your position? They'll say, well, it, it belongs in the states. But now Lindsey Graham forces you to take a position because he has now introduced legislation that is stricter mm. than a lot of the laws in, in, in you know, what you could call blue states. Okay. And so now Republicans who are running in New York, in California, um, you know, in Michigan, now they have to defend or take a position on a very unpopular uh, proposal in their state. So makes no sense what Lindsey Graham did to his, his fellow uh, Republicans in releasing this now when it has no yeah. chance to pass and you got the midterms coming up. Oh, gosh. Steve Oka, Senior Advisor, McLaughlin Associates on the line with me. We're running through some headlines out of the United States. And now it's one about the U.S. Congress clearing the Taiwan Policy Act. Steve, could you help us give us a bit of details about this bill? Sure. Well, so this bill has cleared the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Um, and so the next step is to go to the full Senate. Unclear when it will get a vote. But the purpose of the bill um, is to strengthen defensive and diplomatic ties uh, with Taiwan. Um, now, it's very controversial, especially from a Chinese perspective, yeah. sir, because it's seen as breaching the U.S. one China principle. So the, the legislation was watered down a little bit to try and keep it within the one China policy. Um, but this is certainly something that the, the Chinese government does not want to see where you're authorizing, you know, billions, you know, six point five billion dollars over the next five years um, and changing how the U.S. government will will uh, interact with Taiwan. Mm. The game of chicken here with Taiwan doesn't seem to be going very well because on the back of the visit by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, we saw China go into some military exercises, giving a bit of a warning in that sense. And then now you have this policy act. Uh, the U.S.-China relations surely is going to take a hit here. It's, it's bad. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, it, if this were to pass, it could certainly get worse. Um, you know, here, uh, it, 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 for an example, where a change was, um, the, the law would have made, uh, would have designated Taiwan a major non-NATO ally. And this is the same status the U.S. gives Australia, Israel, Japan, um, and South Korea uh, with regards to expediting arms sales. Now, it's been altered, and instead of saying they are a major non-NATO ally, it says they will be treated as though it were designated as a major non-NATO ally for the purposes of, of, of defense. So it, it waters it down there. It waters it down a bit where uh, it, the the U.S. envoy to Taiwan, who now is not an ambassador, he, under a proposal that it would have required Senate approval for this person, which would have raised their level, that was taken out. Mm. So it's been 
it's been watered down a bit, but certainly China's not going to like it uh, if it were to pass in this form, mm-hmm. even in a watered-down way. Steve, just a final piece, and there's a big one this week where the Federal Reserve is set to meet and announce yet another interest rate hike. We're expecting 75 basis points. But it's interesting, we had really bad inflation data last week. That caused the markets to not do very well. Uh, this morning, we're looking at FedEx saying that their guidance for the full year isn't looking good because volumes are a lot less. So you could be in a situation where the Fed is forced to push through a recession because of aggressive rate hikes. I guess my question is, how are the American people going to take to recession when you consider that there are so many issues? Yes, jobs are available, but are they the right jobs? And then there's the whole political message behind it. Well, and that's, look, and, and, and the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, has made it clear that his strong commitment is to fighting inflation. Yeah. And the, the fear you have is that when inflation expectations are baked into people's economic decision-making, mm. then workers demand wage increases because they expect to lose purchasing power because of inflation. And then when the businesses grant those wage increases, then they have to raise prices. And then that drives up inflation. And then you're on a spiral where you've got this you know, inflation never ending. And that is seen as worse than the the medicine, which is raising these interest rates, which yeah. could potentially lead to, lead to a recession. So everybody, as you said, the expectation from, and I'm not one of them, expectation from economists and market watchers are that there'll be a, you know, a 75 point hike could be a hundred even, yeah. but, but, but um, the number one goal of the fed is, is to uh, fight inflation and, and Powell's going to do that. And he's going to continue to raise rates until he thinks that's done. Certainly through the end of the year and, and maybe even longer. It's going to be really tough times ahead, I guess, for the global economy as well, Steve. Plus, you've got all these political issues from around the world. Gosh, if only we could turn back time, huh? Good old 90s, perhaps. I go back, I'll go back to the era of George W. Bush is, a, is, is one of yeah. the, you know, where, where we were, we only had to deal with 9-11. Yeah. We only had to deal with the, the, the GFC. Boy, those times seem tamer than, than we even have. Yeah, now. a lot easier to unite people back then, too. Yeah. Uh, there you go, us reminiscing. Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McLaughlin Associates, on the line with me. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Steve. You take care and have a great week ahead, yeah? You too, Elliot. Thanks so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.